Hello, and welcome to our new podcast, Faculty Feed, with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President for Health Science Center Faculty Development at the University of Louisville. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Faculty Development and holder of a newly minted doctoral degree in health professions education, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Faculty Health Professions Education. Twice a month, we're going to come together to use this podcast to bring faculty development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. Our office exists to engage, equip, and inspire all Health Sciences Center faculty to be learner-centered and to excel in teaching and academic leadership. Our office does this by creating a variety of innovative, cutting-edge program offerings that utilize the best of learning science. We are committed to the professional growth of HSC faculty with the ever-present goal of providing a learner-centric approach as we train the next generation of providers and leaders in medicine, nursing, dentistry, and public health. This new podcast, Faculty Feed, provides another avenue for us to bring content in the areas of delivering feedback, teaching and learning, curriculum development, leadership, and health professions education research, bringing innovative ideas critical to our roles as professional educators and leaders. Here's the appetizer for today. How do you know if you really learned something? So Stacy, have you ever known me to forget anything? Well, let me think for a minute. Yes, always, every day. Um, <laughs> you are always forgetting things. All right, so not a day goes by that I'm not asking you, where did I put that file? Which folder? Can you tell me how to get to SharePoint again? What suite Wh- number are we in? I did ask you that just last week. I yes. forgot what suite number we were in. Right, so, so forgetting is a big part of me, and I, I attribute it to being 66, but it may not be that. I think people forget all the time. No, you are absolutely correct. People forget continuously. Gosh, what are we going to do about that? So we have four schools on the health science campus full, thousands of learners, right? We got to help them. And we've got to help our faculty help them to remember. How do we help people remember and really learn? Because we're training people who are going to take care of patients for the next 40 years. They better remember what they're learning right now, right? Absolutely. I think helping our learners learn is super important. But the other component of that is faculty don't know how that works they can't reinforce that with their students and residents and fellows. So it's really important that we have faculty understand how learning works. I think one of the biggest things that we always have to think about first is the process of retrieval. Oh, what's that about? I know dogs retrieve. What do you mean people retrieve? We have to retrieve content in order to be able to remember it. So do you know your wife's phone number? Yes, I do. You remember your wife's phone number, but you didn't remember what suite we're in. Because I don't often have to remember the number. I just walk to the right door. How often do you use your wife's phone number? I call her two, three times a day. That's probably a pretty good reason why you remember that, because you are retrieving that piece of content often. That is basically the process of retrieval. Why do we want to retrieve? I mean, is it just to learn? And is that the secret? If only everybody retrieved well, they learn everything they need. Is that true? So they would learn the content. They may know a process, 
But the real value in retrieving is to be able to analyze that information and evaluate that information. Oh, wait, wait. It's not good enough just to know? Is it good enough for you to just be able to Google which antibiotic works for whatever infection? No, it's not. I've got to understand the context and unique aspects and how it fits in that particular situation. So it is more than knowing which drug is the right drug. Yes. Okay, gotcha. If our learners can't remember the drug, that is where the issue, it comes to a halt really quickly. So tell me, when we're trying to get people to retrieve stuff as faculty member, we typically ask questions. We hope that they have the fact, the answer that we're looking for. Is there anything faculty can do with questions that help the learner to pull that information out more readily? Absolutely. Faculty need to think a little bit about the questions that they want to ask the learner and make sure it's pinpointed to the facts that are really relevant to the situation that they're encountering right then and there. Make it real life so that the learner really sees the importance of understanding that particular fact at that particular point in time. So that helps them to remember it if it's in real time? If they can connect that piece of content to what they're doing right then and there, chances are they're going to remember that for a longer period of time. I've heard you talk about the forest and the trees as an illustration for retrieval. Can you explain what you mean when you go through that illustration with workshops that we do? So what I like to think about is I'm standing on the edge of a forest. In front of me are all these trees and vines and weeds, and you just can't see to the other side. But on the other side is a specific long-term memory that you're trying to get. So if I'm standing here, and I know that long-term memory is way over there on the other side of the forest, but I can't see it. How am I gonna get there? It's gonna take a little bit of struggle. And that struggle is me going through the forest with maybe a machete or something and chopping down weeds and moving things out of the way until I can get to that long-term memory. And once I grab that long-term memory on the other side of the forest, I have to then come back to bring that memory into my working memory to be able to utilize that content. So let me get this. It takes work to remember things, to do this retrieval. If, if you use your forest illustration, then there's work involved in hacking through the forest to get to where that memory is and then hacking your way back out. And if you do it enough, eventually you wear a path to that spot and then after a while, the path is wide open and it just flows right through. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm trying to say. This is in the brain. We got all these cells. They're called neurons. Using those neurons over and over again, what's happening biologically? We know what happens with that. We know that myelin, uh, which increases nerve conductivity and how fast the impulse travels, myelin's being laid down more and more and more the more you go after that memory. And so that's why it goes so fast. My wife's phone number goes in and out pretty quickly because that must be a really hypermyelinated track. I have no doubt it is hypermyelinated. But you see, my ability to remember Suite 424, I remember using it about a year ago, but since we haven't been in the office for a year and a half for the most part, I never have to remember 424. Well, I got it now. But You've got it now. Probably for a short time, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Entree, can you pull information out of your brain to analyze it and think critically with it? 
So Stacy, we've been talking about retrieval and going into the forest of your brain and pulling stuff out and doing it over and over again. Has learning science beyond this retrieval thing talked to us about anything else that works or doesn't work that we should be telling faculty about and telling our students about? There are so many research-based strategies to help our learners learn, but the thing is, Nobody knows about them. When I started doing this faculty development work four years ago, you introduced me to learning science. 30 plus years at the university at that point, I had never heard of learning science. I thought myself an educator, maybe even a good educator, but I never knew the things that I learned in reading this book from, what, 2014 this book called Make It Stick. So can you tell us about Make It Stick and what's in there and how does it relate to retrieval and how people normally study? What, what, what's happening with that? Make It Stick is a fantastic book. It is really one of the first mainstream books that has really taken over the world of uh, helping ordinary people, not cognitive scientists, learn about learning and how learning works. So Make It Stick really spends a great deal of time laying a nice foundation of how learning actually happens and what are those research-based techniques that learners can use in order to learn better. Research-based techniques. So this is there's science behind this, is what you're telling me. 100%. But wait a minute. If people didn't know about this science, then how were they studying before? What were they doing? They were doing things that were probably a big waste of time. Oh, no. Yeah. Like what? I'm sorry. Rereading? You know, I did I, a lot of rereading in my time. You're going to go down on rereading? Sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's really a waste of time. When you think about reading... That is a passive activity. When you open a book and you are sitting there reading it, how much is really getting into your brain? So it's not hard enough? Is that the problem? Ooh, yes, I like the way that is. It takes no work to read, just like it takes no work when you're watching a video lecture. You're not doing anything with that content. It's just sitting in there passively. What about highlighting? I've used up thousands of highlighters in my time, highlighting stuff that I am reading. Sometimes I even highlight a second color just to really catch it. Absolutely. You tell me I was wasting my time? Yes, sir. I hate to break it to you. Highlighting is kind of the same thing. You're just highlighting a word. Did you like write in the margins like a question for yourself or go back and connect that highlighted word to something else that you needed to remember? Sometimes, but not consistently, no. Yeah, see, that's part of the problem. Learners are using these strategies that have been around for hundreds of years probably, but they're not those research-based strategies that are gonna help them learn the content in a more effective and efficient manner. They're not gonna help them make durable memory. Making durable memory would imply that it's work, that it's hard, and you're saying that rereading and highlighting, not hard enough, too passive for it to really stick. We have technology now. We record all these lectures and our students can watch the videos and rewatch the videos. They can speed them up and watch them yet again. What about that? Isn't that worthwhile? No. How's that? Well, that's pretty fast. Yeah. Didn't take you long to retrieve that answer, did it? Not one bit. Rewatching videos, to me, would be the exact same as watching a movie at the theater. You're not going to get any durable memories from that because you have to do something. All right. So 
There's one other thing that I've read about that would suggest that rereading and highlighting and all the things we've talked about are just not worthwhile. And that's, you get some sort of false sense that you really understand it. What, what's that about? This happens quite a bit. Imagine maybe we're taking pharmacology or something and we are reading, 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 and then we go take a multiple choice test on that content that we read about. Now, when we get to the multiple choice test, we read the question and maybe it's got a word in there that we remember reading about and you're thinking, oh yeah, I know this, I've got it. And then as you look at the answer choices, like none of them are anything that you can pick out, you're not sure. And so what actually happened is you became familiar with a term that you reread, you mistakenly thought you actually understood how that term worked or how that process happens. But in reality, you were just familiar with it. You didn't actually do any learning. So you're familiar, but you really didn't understand. Exactly. All right, so how does the book make it stick? How does that help us to think of other ways, maybe more effective ways, to study, what does it suggest we do as faculty to help our learners learn better? Let me give you an example. If you were reading your pharmacology textbook, whether it's online or not, you read a paragraph and then you stop. And you're like, no, I gotta read the whole chapter. No, I'm telling you, stop. Put your hand over it or close the browser and ask yourself three questions. What did I just read? And actually type it out or write it out. What did I just read? Number two, how does that connect to something I already know? And then number three, why is this important? I would suspect if you told people, read a paragraph, stop, three questions, write it all down, the response is gonna be, wait, Stacy, I don't have time to read. You realize how much I gotta read? I, I got two chapters to read tonight. You only stop every paragraph, write it down, ask me some questions. I mean, really, how practical is that? Well, the thing is, if they had started this process earlier, they could read whole pages or a couple pages or maybe a section and be able to do that. But they've got to build up some stamina first. The other thing is, how often do they go back and reread that exact same chapter to kind of glean the pieces of information that they should have gotten that very first time? So you think they're wasting their time going back rereading? Had they taken the total time of reading, that is reading, rereading, rereading, and put it into the first time doing it well, if they had worked at it, it might stick better? 100%. And that goes for flashcards as well. So I know learners will make flashcards and maybe they'll just put the definition on the other side. But when they actually go to do some self-quizzing, quizzing quizzing themselves, they look at the term, they're gonna have to retrieve that definition, but then they need to do more than just retrieve the definition. They need to say, how does this apply to something I already know? Why is this important? Ask themselves those same types of questions in order to get that knowledge where they actually understand it versus just being something they can retrieve quickly. All right, so I got a question for you about the three questions and mm. the, the, the hard work of reading. So the first question was sort of, okay, what did I just read? It's a lot, I've tried it, 
since you told me I'm supposed to do it that way? It's hard. It is. Because I generally read to get through the paragraph as opposed to remember what's in the paragraph. So it really takes a whole different mindset as you go into reading the paragraph, reading to recall something. Even if it's 10 sentences and I got to stop, you mean I can't peek again? It's hard, right? Well, that's the goal. I mean, like I said, you're going to have to build up some stamina. You'll get there. You, you may have to peek to st- get started, but... All right, so the, take the second question. How does this relate to something I already know? So why is that important? One of the best ways to help learners learn is to connect it to some pre-existing knowledge. And so if you can take that content that you just read about and connect it to something you already know, oh my goodness, you are really, really going to uh, help content stick in the brain. I've read about this in other books about how learning works. And they talk about how learners that are novices organize information in their head differently than experts who have done it for 20 or 30 years, whatever specialty they're in. Can you speak to how novices and how experts organize information in the brain? And how does this connecting to what you already know figure into that? Let's start with an expert. You just said maybe they've been doing this 20, 30 years. Their knowledge is already organized and their myelinated neural pathways are really already firing. They know exactly where it is. They have built a framework to be able to connect things to past content that they've already learned about. Whereas our novice learners, they don't have that experience to connect to. And so when they learn new content, it's like going into this void in their brain because it's not connected to anything because they haven't had those experiences yet. Dessert. Here's some things you can do tomorrow to follow through on what you learned today on Make It Stick. What's one technique that a faculty member could use to get them to link it into something they already know without explicitly telling them? One of the ways you can do that sort of thing is to ask them, does this remind you of something? Okay. They may think about something, maybe they have no idea. Maybe this is very foreign to them. And sometimes it's important for faculty to already have in their brain a way to make a connection. So a lot of times the whole lock and key situation, you can help by giving them a lock and then they can put that key in to kind of make that connection. Because a lot of times, especially in content that has so full of new vocabulary like science, it is really incumbent on the faculty to kind of help them a little bit. So Stacy, one of the other things that Make It Stick talks about is a process or strategy called elaboration. Can you tell us what that is? Elaboration really has several different components to it, but one of the biggest things that we look for with an elaborative process is helping learners think deeply about the content by either drawing a picture, what's a visual representation of this, or can they create an analogy? So they're really looking at content in a deep, deep way. And some of the ways that faculty can help learners do that is by asking those reflective type questions. 
for example, if, if I'm on rounds and, and we're seeing a patient with a staph infection in their heart, I want more than what gram stain color is the staph aureus kind of answer from somebody. What I might do to help them elaborate on the story is say, okay, you're on call and tonight this happens. They have a seizure and now they're comatose. What are you going to do? What, what if that happened? How do you respond? Is that an example of elaboration? Absolutely. And so one of the things that you can do with an elaborative response is something they have to think through. So they're thinking about this prediction if this situation should occur if they're on call later that day. And so you're forcing them to retrieve some content and then make some additional connections to what they're seeing right then and there with the child in that room. So some examples in pediatrics, we can readily change the age of the child and it dramatically changes maybe what you worry about or what the treatment might be or how you might approach the diagnostic. So the two week old is different than the two month old, the two year old, the 12 year old. And you could then say, okay, let's change everything. Let's leave everything about this case the same but let's make the age different. So it's not a two-week-old anymore. It's a 12-year-old with the same presentation. How does that change you? What do you know differently? How do you approach this differently? How do you think about this? Those seem like ways to elaborate on a single case where you're forcing them to make connections far beyond the facts of the individual patient right in front of you. So that's another way faculty could probably just take the information and stretch it to elaborate, to move it further along in the learner's mind. So when I think about elaboration, it's it's layers. What are the different layers of meaning? And so you just provided an example of that. The two-week-old versus the 12-year-old, those were different layers of the same situation, but obviously dramatically different outcomes. Let, let's try and wrap this up. We've talked about how we learn We've talked about if we really know if we learned something. We've talked about retrieval and the forest illustration. We, we've been through some of the common study techniques that have sort of been debunked by learning science and talked about some things that Make It Stick brings forward about effective study strategies and effective retrieval strategies. So what did the faculty do now? What's the application? Where do they go with this? The application is really to get this knowledge to the learners. Make It Stick was written for students, for learners. But a lot of times these guys are buried in content and things that they have to learn. And so they're just not gonna have time to go through this. But if you can talk about this from time to time, let's talk about spaced retrieval. Let's talk about the different ways that you study. How are you gonna study for this exam coming up next week? And then you can hear them and say, well, can we try some quizzing activities? Can we try the flashcards where you're actually making connections to other content? That would be some of the things just to help faculty get it to the learner. So our office offers a variety of ways that this kind of thing can be brought to the awareness of the faculty, and then the faculty can bring it to students and residents and fellows across our system. Would you suggest that they read this book? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, so here you go. You should get Make It Stick and read it. If you can't or you won't, then go online to our library, and we've got modules on this very thing where in 30 minutes you could go through and get the essence of what Make It Stick says you ought to be doing to help your learners learn. Now, we're offering a reading circle coming up this fall. Absolutely. That, so can anybody sign up for that? Anybody on the health science campus can sign up. 
And right now I've got about 13 folks. And so I'm excited to get started this fall with a, you'll get a copy of Make It Stick. So uh, if you need more information, contact me. All right, can we go as far as to say the first three callers that call in after this podcast will get a free Make It Stick. Can we say that? No, I think they would have to email me. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna... Calling is old school. All right. Uh, calling so is if so you old email Stacy, there you go. And you're in the first three, she's going to get a Make It Stick book to you so you can get started. If you want to up your game as a professional educator or to enhance your leadership skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be as together we strive to make UofL a great place to learn, a great place to work and a great place to invest. Join us next time for more, (laughs) and come hungry.